And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Fastened Like Nails. Recently, I was interviewed by Yvette Hampton, host of Schoolhouse Rocked podcast at podcast.schoolhouserocked.com. This interview turned out to be one of those unexpected, unexplainable, and undeniable God moments. Thankfully, we were able to obtain a copy and share this with you, our listeners. Without any further delay, it's my great joy to share these timely truths. I'm Dr. Mark Hamby. Enjoy. Mark Hamby, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to have you with me today. Me too. Um, you know, we're talking about the importance of reading and and of our our ability to create what God has put in us. You know, to create mentally um, and visually what God has already instilled in our in our minds. I mean, it's so amazing to think of how the Lord made our brains to function. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary as a parent. You know, to, it, I feel like so many times there's so many do's and don'ts. Um, and we want to do all the right things so that we don't mess up our kids. You know, I know that every parent is going to have regrets in a lot of ways, but our my goal as a mom, one of my goals is for my kids to leave my house with as few regrets as possible, with me having as few regrets as possible in the way that I've raised them and in the way that my husband has raised them. Um, and this is an area that I think is really important is, is what our kids are feeding into their brains. What, what is going in? Um, we we live in a world where i think satan is very clever in trying to convince us that some of the things that our kids are reading or watching can somehow be good for them right and even good for them spiritually and i think this can be a very dangerous thing and i know i'm going to i am going to i'm going to rock the boat a little bit and i'm going to have some people who are not going to love this question but i'm going to ask it to you anyway because I know that this is somewhat of a controversial um, area in the Christian world and in the Christian homeschool world. There are so many books like the Harry Potter series and other you know types of, of books, Call of the Wild, um, popular dystopian books, things like that, that a lot of parents will say, you know, it's okay. They can, there's a lot for them to learn from this. My kid really enjoys reading them. What are your thoughts on those types of books? Great question. I love this question. You ready? I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, I know so, what I think about it. I want to know what you think about it. Okay, so all literature comes from a person's worldview. Um, an author, um, such as Harry, you know, Harry Potter series, you know, she has a worldview. She has a view of God that all, all literature, all books. And by the way, there's 2.2 million books printed every year. New books. That's a lot, That's of, a books. lot of books. Yeah. So how do we keep up with that? How do we know? Who's writing what, and how do we know what their background is? Yeah. So um, everyone is is going to influence the people who read those books. Um, they're going to influence them by their worldview. They're gonna. That's that's who we are. We write about what we know, our own our own um, knowledge, our accumulated effective knowledge. And so um, so that's that's number one. Do do you know as a parent? Have you done your due diligence to know? you know, what these authors are about, what's their lifestyle, you know, and, and so if they're, if they're living an immoral lifestyle, you know, then, 
why do I want my kids to be influenced? No matter how great their writing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where parents would take issue. Like parents say like, well, we're not going to just throw out the baby with the bathwater just because they're evil. They may be writing something really good. So why can't we learn from them? And that's right. what I want to talk about. And it's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Just happened to have my Bible open to it. thought you were going to be asking me this question. We've got to find out what God wants for our children more than anything. God knows what's best. He created us. He knows what's best for us. He knows when we break rules, there are consequences. He knows what boundaries to give us. And he's given us boundaries in the books that our children read. It's in the word of God. You know, first, you know, the little, the little truths, you know, you know, think on things that are good, lovely, just, of good report. If there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, you know, the, let, let me digress a little bit. You know, okay. the dystopian literature, um, Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild, you fall in love with the uh, the dog that's, you know, being attacked. And you want this dog to kill the other dogs. Um, at the end of the book, you you are a believer in evolution, the survival of the fittest. Um, it is it is duped you to place, to to put your guard down and to embrace by your emotions, someone who's been taken advantage of, and you want the other dog, you want this dog to win. You want him, the survival of the fittest, you want that, that comes into your mind and you accept it as a, a new value because of what you just read. The same thing's true with, with um, Harry Potter. I'm just going to briefly describe that. You're going to end up, the um, ends justify the means. Um, you're going to learn that with Harry Potter. And then you're going you're to see some other subtle things happen, immoral things happen in Harry Potter too lying, um, sexuality, all of that's in there. Um, dystopian literature. Now, if I had not done this study, I, lo- I love dystopian movies. I love the dystopian stories. They're amazing. But what people don't realize is that they don't really read with a critical eye and discernment. And discernment's everything. Um, right. uh, Proverbs chapter 2 teaches us that if we, um, if we search for wisdom more than hidden treasure, that we will understand the fear of the Lord. And by the way, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. I'm going to, now, Yvette, I'm going to give you a, a trick question. You're going to probably answer it wrong. You ready? Sure. Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of? Wisdom. Knowledge. Um, ah, too bad. You got it wrong. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> that was a great, that was a great catch. Good save, huh? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> nine, nine out of 10 people say wisdom. Um, in wisdom, in chapter nine, you know, it's chapter one, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Chapter nine, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It takes 12 lessons of wisdom that the child has to learn in order to reach wisdom in chapter nine. Mm-hmm. But he's got to learn all 12 lessons first. In the beginning, this fear of the Lord, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If that's true, then we need to find the source of this knowledge, which is the fear of the Lord. And the Bible spells it out clearly. It even tells you the fear of the Lord is this. Guess what it is? Hate what God hates and love what God loves. Right. Simple. Learn to love what God loves and hate what God hates. As you're reading something, if you're reading something that is against God's boundaries, Mm -hmm. it violates God's character, then we're to hate that. We're not to continue to say, oh, I can learn something from this. That's wrong. You know, we don't learn from evil. Jesus never, ever learned from evil. He, just, he didn't go in that direction. Right. He always taught us what was good and holy. Okay, so, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then in chapter 2, it says this. It says, if you search for wisdom more than hidden treasure, you will understand the fear of the Lord. But you've got to search for it with all your heart. You'll understand the fear of the Lord. And it says, then you will find the knowledge of God. And then guess what happens next? <laughs> I love this part. 
and wisdom or and knowledge will become pleasant to your soul. I love that. This is in chapter two. When knowledge starts to become pleasant to someone's soul, so when they're reading something, there's people will have a certain sense about what they're reading. It'll either make them feel joyful mm-hmm. and fulfilled, or it'll put this unfulfilled uneasiness inside of them. God's given us a conscience to see that. Right. And when they're reading something, and if they're st- if they have a conscience that is that is working, you know, because they've not been filled with all this other stuff that's that's harmful, yeah, right. then they're going to start seeing what's bad. And this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Um, this is a hard pill to swallow, but it's in the Bible. Um, besides being wise, the preacher, and by the way, the word preacher is the word for collector. He's collecting things. He's collecting the words, the most important words in the universe. That's what, that's what Ecclesiastes is all about. People will live life either under the sun, temporary, mm-hmm. unfulfilled, or they'll live life under on the perspective of heaven. And so we want our children to live life under an eternal perspective rather than a temporary perspective. Because right. when, when you live life under a temporary perspective, it's shallow, it's, you know, I'll take what comes every day, whatever. Uh, but when you live life under eternal perspective, everything counts, everything. And so he says this, the preacher being wise, taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs. The word proverbs comes from the root word, which means rule. The sun ruled the day, the sun ruled the day, and the moon ruled the night. That word rule, that that beautiful root word, is the exact same word for proverbs. The root word is, um, and it carries this idea that these words are not only these important statements, but these are the words that are to rule our lives. So the book of Proverbs is much more than these short, pithy statements. Right. This book is a book that teaches us how to live our lives, to rule our lives. And he says this. He says, um, the preacher sought to find words of delight or words of value or words of um, um, acceptance. Okay, so that's the first word. This word, uh, words of delight. When a child reads something, he needs to read something that brings delight to his soul, value to his life, and it's acceptable. You feel it. You understand it. So that's yeah. the first, first word that he uses, the words of delight. Second is words of truth. And the third is words of the wise. And he says this, these words, tr- delight, truth, and wisdom, need to be like goads, prickers, fastened like nails, given by, I love this, one shepherd. That phrase, one shepherd, appears four times in the Bible. Jesus quotes it himself in John chapter 10, and Jesus claims that he himself is the one shepherd. Yeah. In Ezekiel, twice it's mentioned, it's referring to the Messiah to come. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, this one shepherd appears in the book of Ecclesiastes out of nowhere. There's no one shepherd in the entire book. It comes out of nowhere in the last paragraph of this amazing book. And Jesus says, I'm giving you words of delight, truth, and wisdom to be goads, to be fastened like nails, to be your worldview. Yeah. And then he says this, my son, beware anything beyond these. It's going to harm you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt your soul. Lot's righteous soul was vexed from day to day by the things he saw and heard. He didn't do the things. He just saw and heard them. Yvette, this is, for me, one of the most important things in my life because Satan is such a deceiver. He's he's deceiving us to think that we can violate these standards. Yeah. You cannot violate the standards of delight, truth, and wisdom and, and escape the harmfulness of it. For example, um, dystopian literature, it's all over the place. More volume sold than any other genre in this history and it teaches four main basic truths. 
don't trust parental authority, don't trust legal authority, don't trust um, government authority, and become the authority of your be your own authority. That's what it teaches. And but people, because because on the premise of false love, they're saying no, we're going to bring love back into society by resetting society and discarding all the old things and starting something new. So the whole thing's based on the false premise of we're going to bring love back into the world by discarding the old and bringing in the new. And what they've done is they've become a law unto themselves right. and not following the laws of God. Right. You know, right. and so so that's how harmful these things are. Harry Potter, um, dystopian literature, um, Call of the Wild. Some of the classic books that our children are reading and homeschooling today are extremely dangerous. If they do not possess a worldview that is that is following the boundaries that God has set, God says, my son, if you violate these things, if you go beyond words of delight, acceptable, valuable, eternal, if you go beyond words of delight, words of truth, and words of wisdom, it will harm your soul. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I, I'd say, let's do this. For those parents out there that say, well, my children, though, they get to, they get to, to see both good and bad. They get to be able to process. They get to be able to think logically. They'd be able to, to, to gain. No, it's not true. That's not what's really happening. But listen to this. If you can gain an understanding of this book, if you could read it from Genesis to Revelation and study it and search for the truths like hidden treasure and fall in love with it, Mm -hmm. And in like, for example, Psalm 1611, one of my favorite verses says, um, I will make known unto you the path of life. In my presence is fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm, Psalm 8411 says, he's a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Um, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. Second um, Chronicles 16, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world, seeking those whose hearts are completely his. Yeah, completely are, his. Yeah. That's the Not key. Not just partly his. Yeah, and so and so reading reading is so powerful. It it helps forms our values, our convictions, our worldview. And there are two point two million books out there every year. Let's find yeah. the books that our children that are going to really uh, come alongside and align with God's delight, truth, and wisdom. Let's do that first. Let's give them eighteen years of this, and then later on, if they want to go out there and study something, they've got a firm foundation. Right. I mean. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I got three master's degree and a doctorate. I can hear. I can say this. You don't need any of those other books mm -hmm. to help you in this life. In fact, if you have God's wisdom, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Amen. Um, you know, before the break, you were you were reading out of Ecclesiastes, and it actually prompted me. I thought about this verse. This is Ecclesiastes chapter twelve, verses thirteen and fourteen, and this I believe is one of the most powerful parts of all of Scripture. And it says this, it says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment mm. with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Mm -hmm. And man, that's so powerful because really, I mean, the whole duty of man is to keep his commandments and he is going to mm -hmm. judge the mm -hmm. good from the evil. And as I think about that, you know, I think through there, we all have done things, you know, maybe read things or watch things that we have, you know, that we regret. Mm -hmm. But Psalm 51 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within, within me. me. And that's such a powerful verse to then, mm -hmm. you know, counter this one in that God creates a clean heart in us. Um, and so, you know, there, there's so much redemption in 
God. And even with our kids, you know, if our kids have read things that maybe are not pleasing to the Lord, or if we have, God can create in us a clean heart and bring us back to himself. And then we have a pure heart that we can go forth in for the rest of our life. And I just think, you know, we have so little time mm-hmm. on this earth. And Amen. you talk about, you know, the millions of books that are, are yeah. Um, yeah. published each year. Mm-hmm. We have such a short amount of time ourselves in this life, mm-hmm. but we have an even shorter amount of time with our kids to mm-hmm. raise them up in godliness. Amen. And we don't have time to waste. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, uh, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I made a promise um, that I would, um, if, if anything I was watching, a movie, television, whatever, if they ever used the Lord's name in vain, then I would shut it off because mm-hmm. I felt like I'm, I'm bringing someone into my home, into my presence with my family. And if, if someone were to walk into my home and they were to use that kind of language, I would make them stop. Right. You know, and I would talk to them. Because it's offensive. It's offensive to my family and offensive to God. Right. And, um, and not everyone has those kinds of standards. Some people don't, you know, think it's the wrong thing. But for me, my, it was my personal conviction. But since that time, um, it has uh, taken away almost 99% of any movie that I could watch. Right. You know, so, so I got a ClearPlay um, device that allows me to watch anything I want um, and not hear any swearing you know, any um, obscenity, sex, violence, yeah. et cetera. And so one day my wife and I were watching a movie and um, it lasted four minutes. <laughs> and we were like, what on earth just, just happened? And I realized, you know what? I think I'm doing, I think I'm, I think this isn't even helping me. I think this is just, this isn't even helpful to do that. So, I mean, we, all, we, we come with all kinds of you know, ways to overcome it. Cause you know, sometimes you're tired, you want to watch something, but I have not found it being edifying whatsoever. And here's, here's why. Um, that verse that you just read in Hebrew, it says this, it says, um, the goal, that word you said matter, the end of the matter, the goal of the word, that word matters, the word for word, the goal of the word, all has been said, fear God, keep his commandments for this. You read the whole duty of man in the Hebrew. It says, for this is all of man. You know, yeah. and like you said, we have just a little bit of time left, you know, and the word of God is, like you said, purifying. And we, we've got to be purified in order, if you're not purified, if you are not, and not able to see things the way God wants you to see them. That's where the Beatitudes, I love them. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see evidence of God. Yeah. You know, my kids, we used to play a game called sightings. And uh, every time we saw evidence of God's working in our lives, we would yell out sightings and we'd be like, where, what, what, you know, and. And uh, one day I was um, at a bank and going through the drive-thru and, and uh, I had David in the back in the car seat. Jennifer was in the front and they were young and the teller sent a, a sucker um, and I pressed, they didn't have one for David. And I thought, I pressed back and I said, hey, can I have another one, please? And she goes, we don't give them, it's real snotty, we don't give them to adults. <laughs> and I was like, and I said something a little bit, it's not, you know, it's not for me, it's for my son in the back. You don't see. I didn't say it in the best way. And my little girl Jennifer, she yelled out, "Sightings!" I'm like, "Where?" She goes, "In the kind words that you could have said." And I'm like, "Ooh, <laughs> you know, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." You know, <laughs> and, and and before that, it's you know, blessed are the merciful. Yeah. And um, it w- when we're merciful, we start seeing others the way God sees them. That all of the the beatitudes are written sequ- sequentially. And, um, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, it starts off, blessed are the pure and ha- blessed are the poor in spirit. You got to be broken and humble. Then blessed are those who cry, those who mourn. Mm-hmm. And um, if you cry out and you mourn, 
you know, then the next one is you become meek, blessed are the meek and gentle. And then you hunger and thirst for more of that kind of righteousness. And then God starts to fill you. Hi, folks. I hope you've enjoyed listening. And I want to thank Yvette Hampton, host of Schoolhouse Rock podcast for hosting me. You can hear the rest of the interview right here on Fasten Like Nails in the coming days, so stay tuned. If you want to hear more episodes of the Schoolhouse Rock podcast, go to podcast.schoolhouserock.com. I also recommend you check out the Schoolhouse Rock movie. It's a powerful documentary about the homeschooling revolution, which breaks down common misconceptions about homeschooling, encourages a flood of new families to homeschool, and equips those already homeschooling with a vision for excellence. Here's a trailer to whet your appetite. You're not inadequate. You are perfectly capable. I mean, what is it about a parent that when their child turns five, all of a sudden the parent's no longer a viable option? Like, oh, you're done. Now it's the school's turn. I think the quality of education has steadily deteriorated in America. There is an agenda to steal our children. You feel inadequate because you've been taught by our school system that you're inadequate. We had no frame of reference for homeschooling other than it just seemed like torture. Like, why would a sane woman choose to be locked up with her kids for 18 years in a row when a school bus would come and take them away and give you like a nine-hour break every day? No one knows your child better than you do, and no one loves your child more than you do. And homeschooling changes the game on everything. Homeschooling allows us to say to the child, what sort of life do you want? What sort of God-given dreams, talents, and abilities is he speaking into you? When we think about classroom education and we ask what makes for good education, almost every professional educator will say low student-teacher ratio, teachers who care, good methods, good curriculum. Well, in homeschooling, you get the best of all of those things. What we discovered is that it's very efficient to homeschool. You have the person who knows the student the best. You have the ability to customize the curriculum around the student. You have a great student-teacher ratio. And I realized I am accomplishing with Sierra in 25 minutes to an hour every day what is taking the school system eight hours a day, five days a week to accomplish with my older daughter. I loved watching the, the light bulb come on and watching her want to sit down and read with me. And I loved spending time with her. There's just so many benefits, including being able to have a relationship with your own children. Continue doing what you're doing. Don't give up, because I do believe that homeschool moms are America's greatest heroes. You can acquire the DVD at schoolhouserock.com. Thanks for tuning in to Fasten Like Nails. I'm Dr. Mark Hamby, and may God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom be fastened like nails in your lives today. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. from the creator.
creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater. I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents the Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net.